Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. This is uh, Jay Harris with the latest edition of Amazing Mental on my podcast. I'd like to welcome my old friend, Mr. Omar Manaya, who's been a part of the Mets organization way back since 1997. And in 2002, Omar made history when he became the first Hispanic uh, general manager in baseball, baseball history. Uh, and what better way to honor National Hispanic Heritage Month than to speak to Omar? So, Omar, welcome. And t- tell me back then, Omar, what was your first thoughts when you became the first Hispanic general manager in MLB history? Yeah. Well, Jay, thank you very much for having me. And you're right. Uh, you're my good friend. You are my good friend. We've been in baseball together for many years, and uh, we've been with the Mets for many years. And uh, it is an honor for me to be here uh, on this special occasion, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, which is a, a great recognition uh, to a lot of the uh, of America, but also the Hispanic community. Uh, to answer your question, Jay, um, my first you know feelings was when uh, Commissioner Seelig uh, uh, called me and asked me if I can uh, take this task on of being the, uh, the Montreal Expos general manager. You know, a part of me didn't think much about being the first Hispanic. You know, I was just thinking about the opportunity that um, I had available to me uh, and then the challenge that was in front of me. Uh, but at some point in time, it did sink in. Uh, people reminded me, people men wrote about it. And then I really did, you know, say to myself, wow, you know, this is, <laughs> this is it's pretty big. It's pretty big to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, the first people, the first person that I started thinking about, but it's, when I think of uh, Hispanics in baseball was Roberto Clemente. You know, I thought of Clemente. I thought of uh, his his journey, uh, what he what he did, what he sacrificed, how he represented us. Um, and not only Roberto Clemente, but I also thought of Jackie Robinson because, you know, Jackie being the first, you know, that before there was Roberto, there was Jackie. Um, and being a Hispanic, being an immigrant, uh, being a New Yorker, all these things together um, kind of came together and told myself, you know what? Wow. I, you know, God has blessed me, put me in a position. Now, don't mess it up. Don't screw it up. <laughs> because others came before me and I'm praying and hoping that others, if I do a good job, others can go after me. Well, we've had a variety of different roles with the Mets, assistant general manager, special assistant, of course, general manager from 2004, 2010. And now in your role 
is a is an ambassador with the ball club. You're you're reaching out to local communities, trying to get some methods involved with different projects. Why don't you tell the people out there exactly what you're doing now in the last year or so? Yeah, uh, my title has been an ambassador uh, with the with the Mets. Um, and to me, uh, and I think that uh, you know, I always felt that an ambassador is one person that represents the organization, that represents the country. So to me, what I'm trying to do is, of course, as you know, we have new ownership that has come in, um, and you know, we as a, 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 the Mets, I think that we have so much potential. We have so much potential uh, to reach. Uh, you know, we have almost a. a a responsibility to be diverse. We're in Queens. Uh, we represent the borough of Queens, probably the most diverse borough of the world. You know, Jay, we were together there. We saw how fun and how much excitement we were able to bring in during the years of 2005, 6, 7, 8. We saw the, the 3.5 million fans, 3.8 and the 4 million fans that participated in, in, in what I call the Mets uh, family, the Mets journey. Um, you know, we lost some of that. We lost some of that part of it because you have to win. But I think what what I'm trying to do in my role is to touch base, to try to connect with that fan base, connect with that diverse fan base that is out there. And I felt very proud when we, when I was general manager, you really, that when, you know, we had Yankee fans coming to our game because being a Met fan was being part of Shea Stadium and City Field was something that connected the community together. And for me, I take my role as an ambassador very um, seriously. I, I enjoy it. I, to me, is to be able to talk not only to the sweet holders, but to be able to connect with the bodega people, to be able to connect with the barbershop, to be able to connect with that community, to be able to connect with that diverse community and me kind of being leading the charge in that connection uh, i think we're doing great i think we have uh it's a great potential that's here that's going to be built i think we have uh, a team that's you know it's been up and down we're just coming off a great um uh, you know win against uh, against uh, the yankees um but there's a lot of a lot of things that are being put in place for potential growth, for potential community involvement. And as an ambassador, I feel like uh, I want to take a leadership in that role to bring that connection back. So I do a little bit of everything. Speaking a little bit of everything, you have your own podcast now. You do some work on SNY. You know, so you branched off into the uh, different kind of thing for you. How do you like those you know, new roles for you, Omar? I like them. I like them. It's new media. Palante. Palante is a is a podcast that I'm doing. Um, uh, you know, with, uh, with a group. Uh, you know, we have uh, Marisol Castro, uh, who's uh, a Hispanic, uh, the first Hispanic, I believe, uh, uh, game announcer in the New York, or or the first Hispanic game announcer in baseball for, for that great so i mean she's another uh, figure that's uh historic and and i i like that i do i like doing the work for sny look at the end of the day jay you know what i am a talent evaluator i love talent evaluation i love to scout i love that's what i love to do but sometimes you know time things comes in life that you want to try different things and this is uh, i'm having fun i'm having fun in baseball evaluating uh from a tv standpoint um but i'm also having fun watching uh the mets evolve i'm, I'm having fun watching our manager luis rojas as a manager who i think is doing a, and a very an excellent job as a, as a second year manager so i i do like what i'm doing jay um and i'm very you know very proud to be a man Let's go back to the beginning of your career. You were born in the Dominican Republic, came to Queens, went to Newtown High School. You used to tell me you used to sneak into games at Chase Stadium. Did you ever get caught, Omar? 
Yes, of course we did. But we were friends with the cops. It was supposed to, you know, can you catch me or not? And, you know, Jay, we can go back to great names with guys like Bob Mant, who were there, and Jimmy Plummer, who guys that, uh, I mean, the legends. If you were in the Met family, these are legends. So we would get caught. And if you grew up in my, my generation, you know, we would. But the cops were friends. And they was a fun. They'll chase you. They'll throw. But, you know, a lot of these cops, even when I was general manager, They'll remember me. And they say, hey, I remember I caught you. And it to me, it was an honor. It was an honor to love. And I'm a, you know, Jay, I'm a big, for me, being the Met family, it's not only the baseball players, the people that work there. It was fun, you know, in those days. And we had bad teams, but we were there. We were supporting. We were there in good times and in bad times. Um, so we went out to start Newtown High School baseball player. Um, we, we took number 21, I guess, after Clemente. Numbers retired. How big a show is that for you? I'm going to have your number, high school number retired. Oh, very big, very big. You know, and, and when, you, when you're when a kid, you don't think about that. But then here I am, you know, I believe it was in 2006 or something. I'm the general manager of the New York Mets. I never even thought about that. I really wanted to be Roberto Clemente and play in the major leagues. That's what it was. But to me, you know, as time goes by, Jay, you know, it's more about what you mean to others, you know. And I didn't realize it at the time, but the truth is my heroes were players. Um, because of, you know, you know, being blessed to be the general manager, you know, when you, now you become heroes to people, not only to be players, but to be executives, to be able to work in the front office. And, you know, so now it changes and it was fun to go back to the high school and to go to Newtown high school. And you know how I feel Jay. And I think all of us that are in the Met family, Queens is special to us. Newtown high school is in Elmhurst. All these things are special to us. And, you know, we love we love the neighborhood. We still go back to the neighborhood. And to be able to go back and have your number retire and have your high school coach, Warren Albert, uh, be a part of that and have your teammates be a part of that. And here you are doing that and you're representing the National League team from, from the, the Mets uh, uh, to be doing that. It meant a lot, uh, but it also means a lot to me that I want kids to not only to be baseball players, to be able to be executives and to be able to be other, to do other things. Um, who was your favorite Met player growing up? Oh, God, it had to be the franchise, man. Come on. He's the franchise. I love Tom. And, you know, Tom was, he was, and then to be able to be a friend of Tom. I mean, Jay, I still remember when Tom came up to me and recognized me like, Oh my God, Tom Seaver knows me? Like, hey, Omar, like, are you kidding? You know, yeah. now don't get me wrong. There was a little period there when Willie, when Willie played. Remember, Willie played for us. He got yeah. traded, I believe, in 73. So, I mean, come on. Willie was Willie, but he was, he was a giant, you know. Yeah. Uh, when you think of, when you think of the Mets, it's the franchise. He, he was a special player, a special person, a special leader, and a special friend uh, to yeah. me. He was special to me, and uh, to me, Tom was Tom. He was the guy that you watched every game, and almost a little bit like those games like the Grom, get him some runs, and it's over. Omar, you know, in your time as a GM, you really left a lot of legacy. You know, number one, with your hire, you know, you hire Willie Randolph. I know eventually Willie had to be let go. I guess it happens a little bit. It's the first uh, African-American manager in, in New York history. Was part of your background – did you kind of look to do something like that? Or I know Willie was a local guy, Yankee guy, but that would be pretty good to have that on your resume that you were the GM who hired the first African-American manager in, in baseball history, in New York history. 
Well, it just so happened like that. I didn't think about that at the time, Jay. You know, at the time, it, actually, you know, the guys that I was thinking about was I also thought about hiring uh, Terry Collins. Remember, and then I brought Terry Collins in to the organization as the uh, roving uh, court, uh, ro field coordinator. And he ended up being the manager. At the time, I didn't think of the actual that, that we were hiring the first African-American in Major League in baseball and New York baseball. Think about that, Jay. New York baseball might have been over 100 years old. And here we are. I didn't think about that. What I thought about our hiring when I hired, when we hired Willie is I was hiring a guy from Brooklyn. And I thought that being, you know, I'm a big New York guy. And I thought that at the time, you know, he was, let's, let's go to a resume. First of all, he was a captain of a Yankee team. He understood New York. He was, you know, yes, he was the Yankees. And, you know, that's, I had a little bit of issues hiring a Yankee at the time. But that being said, is Willie. I knew him. He did play for the Mets. So there was some Mets connection. But in the end, I thought that we were hiring a guy that had been around winning for many years as a player and as a coach. Okay. I knew that he had never managed. I had some concerns about that. But I knew the person. I liked the person. And I still like the person. Me and Willie are very good friends. Uh, but we were hiring a guy from Brooklyn. And now I felt like, you know, this guy, and Jay, you know, as a PR guy, when you come into New York, whether you're a general manager, whether you are you can be manager, owner, president, whatever. You have to have some understanding of this, of New York. You have to have some understanding of New York. Okay. And I felt that Willie, because being in New York had an understanding. I felt that Willie, we, I felt that we were going to connect. I felt that we were going to build a team, you know, as far as executives around and good coaches. And I think we did that. I think it was, we didn't win the world series, but we won a lot of games. And winning a lot of games, we made it exciting for our fans. It was a winning period. So Willie, I think, did a good job. The fact that he was African-American, you know what? That was like the last thing I ever thought about. It wasn't, but it just so happened that that was the, the case. Omar, I remember in, in winter of 2005, we talked, you said you, you, you felt like you were a college recruit. You had to get one free agent to commit to come to the Mets, to turn the, the perception of the Mets around. And people didn't give us much chance of getting Pedro Martinez. Tell us how that came about, what that meant, you know, to give the organization some swag or some charisma that we were heading in the right direction. Well, that, that, that was, a, that was a, a group effort, you know, and you know, Jay, a lot of things in baseball, you know, you may be the leader, you may be the general manager, you may be, the, it's a group, group effort. And I believe in, uh, I'm a big, as you know me, I'm an aggressive recruiter, uh, whether it's going to, to sign players, you know, I, I take, I still say myself, I'm, I, I still, I may be, I might've been a general manager. I, I, I pride myself in being the best recruiter, acquiring the best talent and going after it. That's what I, uh, you know, I think that being said, that means you have to get it. You have to, you got to communicate. You got to put a plan in place. You got to go after people. You got to tell players you want them and you got to follow through with it. You got, so we did that. And it just so happened as, as we came into that winter meeting, you know, uh, that winter after 2000, you know, started in 2004 that I say, you know, well, and I'm a big believer that it's not only about winning in New York, Jay, you know, and I know that it's not only about winning, it's how you win. And can you connect with the fans when you win? Because we've seen teams that just don't connect and you got to connect with this diverse metropolis. And to me, the number one, and I started looking around the, and I say to myself, you know, Pedro is out there. They just won the world series, but I felt that a face like Pedro with charisma can kind of bring it. Now it had, it meant that I had to travel, that I had to go spend Thanksgiving with him. 
whatever needed to be done. And, and for those that know me, when it comes to recruiting a player, to going after a player, to acquiring talent, I, I'm not going to get beat. And there's no way I was going to get beat. I knew that. And then once I knew that we put a plan in place and we had to have ownership believe in it, and we had to commit, con, explain the owner, the plan to ownership. And that was a group, that was a group effort. That was, you know, without a doubt, you had Johnny Rico, you had Lenore Cologne, you know, we had the whole group of people involved uh, to connect with ownership, tell them this. And then we went out and got Pedro. Once with the sell to Pedro was Pedro. Once we're going to, I promise you, we're going to bring other guys. Now we're committed. And boom, the next thing you know, here you have the Beltran come. Eventually, we had Delgado come, you know, have yeah. Billy Wagner. Let's talk about Beltran for a second. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm Met fans, unfortunately, they go back to game seven of the 2006 playoffs. We took the third strike. But for me, Beltran was probably the best overall contract, free agent contract we've ever signed. And not because I'm a friend of Carlos's, I hope one day he gets another chance to manage in the major leagues, a good baseball guy, good, good guy. There's a lot of great charity work back in Puerto Rico with his foundation. So just in your mind, Martinez led directly to Beltran. Yes, no doubt. Martinez led directly to Beltran. And you know, that was another recruitment. That was the one getting on a plane. You know, at the time what we did was, it was I would have to travel. I would get on a plane and go visit, not only visit the players, I'll go visit the cousins, I'll go visit the aunt, I'll go visit the priest. Whoever I needed to visit, I would go visit. I'll get it. And that's how we, but in the end with Beltran, so you got two guys here, one who just won the World Series and decided to leave Boston, who was an icon, to come visit us. And then you had another guy who had an unbelievable uh, championship series in Houston, and they had pretty much almost equal or the same money as us and had to convince him to come to New York. And, Jay, you remember Carlos was a really kind of a low-key guy. Right, a lot no of people question. question whether he can he, he can handle the battle of New York. But I promised him that I was going to be there with him, that we were going to be on this, this ride together. And he came on board. But the thing about Carlos, everything you said. Now, first, not only was he a great, was a great player, but I, the thing that I'm most proud about Carlos is he's a better man. Carlos yeah. Beltran is like one of the best men I've been around. What and his foundation does for kids in Puerto Rico is amazing. What he what does it. for kids in Puerto Rico, but Carlos does for everybody. Right. You know, I love him. You know what I'm saying? I think in time he will be back in the game, and I hope that hope you know so. when that time comes, we all could celebrate together because. Carlos Beltran is one of the best and the nicest persons that I've been around. And I'm very proud that he, we work together. And, you know, like I said, he's, uh, I'm more proud of him, the man, than, and he was a great player. And I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. He should be a Hall of Fame player someday. And, and then next year, Omar, you, you complete a trade for Delgado. And if he, he didn't hurt his hip, he probably would be in the Hall of Fame by now, maybe eventually. But so really three big pieces in two years. With plus Billy Wagner, so your your players in motion. Unfortunately, you know we we in '06 we had a lot of games. You know, uh, you know we just got bit by a, a great curveball in the seventh inning. Oh, and I, uh, what? Hey, listen, a curveball for a guy, Dwayne Wright, and a catcher Molina that I think are both going to be Hall of Famers someday. So that right. that happened. It was Hall of Famers against Hall of Famers. But that being said, Jay, as much as we are proud, and I say we as a team of those signings, 
I'm as proud as even the smaller guys. I'm as proud of the the uh, the Darren Olivers and, and and the Andy Chavez's of the world and the young David Wright and the young Jose Reyes. And that's you know, as you know, as the talent evaluator, I'm I, I I I'm very proud of the group of guys we put together as a group, and we were able to win and continue to do that. So to me. It's a team effort. I believe it's a team effort. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of communication. And I pride myself in communicating from top to bottom, communicating the players to also communicating whoever is the, you know, the, the clubhouse kid and the, 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 the manager, the general manager, the president, the owners is always being communicating, bringing people together. You know, one, one journey, you caused me a lot of agit, Omar. Right before a big training, I had to rip up my whole press guide when, you, when we got Johan Santana, still the only guy to pitch a no-hitter in Mets history. You talk about how the Santana trade came about. Well, Santana, when it came about, it was like, oh, uh, it was, we were, we were committed to putting the best uh, product on the field. I believe it was a year before we got into City Field. So we were always, and I'm a big believer in putting a two or three, four-year plan. At the time, I think it was, you know, we have Pedro had, had some injuries, we were not, we had just, uh, I believe 2007, remember we had a real, you know, we finished not the year strong. We should have been in the playoff and, and we, our pitching was down. And the bottom line is, you know, we had an opportunity to go get a guy that was a two times a young winner or maybe or something like that. And, you know, listen, you, you, anytime a kind of guy like that is in front of me, it's hard for me to pass up. And as far as getting talent, we were able to trade some talent. We traded Carlos Gomez, who was a good player at the time. But I always felt comfortable that we were always going to replace talent with, uh, you know, in the minor leagues because I've, I always felt always comfortable surrounded by very good scouts. In international, I think we were leaders in international scouting, bringing in the top flight uh, players from international all over the years, whether it was Reyes, Nelson Cruz, or others. But what the bottom line was to get a chance to have a, a potential Cy Young or an ex-Cy Young guy uh, late in the year, it was a combination. Now, the key to that trade, uh, the key to that trade, Jay, was, and the reason was, is I was not going to sign him. I was not going to trade for him unless I had a deal done. If I didn't have a deal done on a contract, I have to have a deal done. Because if I don't have a deal done and I make a trade for him in, the, in his walk year, then I think the agent has me in, in an advantage. I'd rather... Let's get a deal done, and then we can make the trade. And that's why you're, I couldn't tell you. I said, Jay, it, ha- it may happen, may not happen. But if we put a timeline, and for me, the only way you're gonna, I'm going to get a good deal done, on, uh, and I use a good deal for both sides, is I'm trading for you contingent upon you agreeing to this long-term contract. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it got to the old wire, but we got it done. Yeah, one one uh, transaction can't be overlooked. The day it appeared in the New York papers is a transaction – uh, New York Mets signed minor league free agent R.A. Dickey, uh, <laughs> who uh, was a blurb in the papers. And Mr. Dickey went on to be a, a New York icon, wrote a book, was on 60 Love Minutes, it. won the Cy Young, won 20 games. It was a pretty good sign, you know. Hey, you know what? I said, tell you, I get more excited about the the, the, the other signings than the, 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 the major free agent. The R.A. Dickey story one, Jay, is one that me and R.A. did go way back to Texas, drafted R.A. number one in Texas. You know, a long story, the bottom line, there was an issue with the ligament, and he had a long career. I always felt attached to him. 
the thing people can need to remember, hey, Dickie, and this is what the beauty is about baseball you just don't know. R.A. Dickey was our first cut in 2010. R.A. Dickey was our 10th, 11th pitcher, the 10-man staff in, uh, in Buffalo in 2010. R.A. Dickey um, was horrible. Uh, for some reason, I felt he was going to be, let's tell you, I thought he was going to be a good player coach. The bottom line is R.A. Dickey comes back up in Maine, never goes back down, probably makes five times or ten times as more money from 2010 to the end of his career. He wins the Cy Young. It wasn't that he was smart. It was just as an organization, we had a kind heart. Yeah. You get a kind heart. You know, thank you for spending time with us. I just got to say this as a friend for over 20 years. All the stuff you cop with your baseball, when you hear Omar Minaya's name mentioned, People say he's a mensch. He's a good person. Always had time for the people in the office. You walk by the office, saw everybody, never blew by anybody. That's why the people in the office loved Omar, because he always had a kind word for everybody, treated everybody the same, whether you were an executive or a this or that. And that's that's a great legacy to have. I was something to be proud of. And again, I'm really proud to be my friend for all these years. And uh, good luck with your new job. I know you do great. And, uh, and I'll see you around the mulberry bush. Well, Jay, coming from you, it means a lot because me and you, you know, we're baseball lifers and we know we love the Mets. Uh, we've been around for many years. Uh, we love the Mets. We love New York. We love baseball. For me, you are a Hall of Famer, you know, so to you me, you are a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, uh, I just, you know, being around you and those kind words from you, uh, from, a, from a workmate. And to me, it's all about the people that work in the stadium, not only the players, it's about the stadium and talk about security guard, the ushers. That's what makes the Mets family special. Yeah. And that's what makes special. no question. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate okay. that. So much. Again, thank you for your time. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Jay. Okay. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old, whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.